Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Okay, folks, welcome back to Police Pod Talk. And like I said, we've started way before our normal starting date that we're going to start our new season because of all the activities going on across the country. We have been reaching out to different people and people have been reaching out to us. And I'm pleased today to bring to you a retired uh, Fort Wayne police officer who did uh, 20 plus years on the Fort Wayne Police Department. He is now running his own business, but he just happened to be down uh, town during one of the uh, protest. He lives in that area, so he thought he'd take a walk around, and he posted a few things on Facebook, and uh, Fred agreed to be on the show today. Fred, you can say hey to the people out there. Well, hey, everybody. Hey, Cleveland. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right, man. Yeah, we go way back. We know each other, and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that uh, he agreed to do this today. So, uh, Fred. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, hey, I appreciate you doing it. Uh, give us just a quick rundown. Let the people know, you know, you're a patrolman and all that good stuff, and uh, w- what's going on with you? you start there as a patrolman. Tell us a little bio of your life. Yeah, I, well, okay. I started um, as a New Haven police officer. Back in I think 1995, and then transferred to Fort Wayne in 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, worked the first couple of years on the street, and then transferred to a street crimes unit called the um, the uh, what was that called? The neighborhood uh, I've forgotten. <laughs> neighborhood yeah. response team. Yeah, it, 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 NRT. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's all I could think of was NRT. <laughs> That's um, right. And then from there, I, I went, went to narcotics for, I forget how long it was, maybe you were seven there. years. You were there forever, yeah. 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 It was a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and then after I left there, I went back to the street for a while and then um, worked for the prosecutor's office for a little bit mm-hmm. and then um, went to the DEA and then from there became a detective mm-hmm. and kind of finished out my career as a detective, ended up back at the prosecutor's office towards the very end. Right. Um, as like a liaison. And that that was about it. I retired three years ago now. There you go. There you go. Um, So you have seen and been on the department a long time and done a lot of things. I'm going to ask you this first before we get too deep in it. Have you ever seen anything in Fort Wayne like you saw the other night on TV with the protest? You know, I haven't. I, I, I think very early in my career, there were a couple of like KKK rallies that, you know, there was some tension, but nothing quite like what happened on, uh, was that what, Saturday night, Friday night? Right. Friday night, I think. Mm-hmm. Friday night was, was a very big turn for, for our city, I think, in, in, in terms of of the, the you know, tension and, and rioting and, and vandalism and things like that. I'd, I'd never seen that before. Right. Right, and I can say the same. Well, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, too, because I, I did my uh, Klan rallies, uh, abortion clinics, uh, yeah. you know, those kind of things, and uh, that was about the, the gist of it. That was about Yeah, the, those some, were tense, right? But yeah. they weren't like, they didn't get to, to the point that we got to on Friday night. So. Right, exactly. Now, with that being said, like I said, you posted something on Facebook, which caught my attention, and I'm, I'm so glad you responded to me. Kind of walk yeah. us through that. Give us your feelings on what happened all the way to the time you went there, to what made you leave, sure. and then just, I'm going to let you roll with it. Go right ahead there. Fred. Okay. Well, I, I had a lot of friends um, invite me to, to come join that that protest, 
And I was a little hesitant to given the fact that I used to be a police officer because I don't know how that's viewed from either side. Mm-hmm. If I'm there as a police officer, um, you know, or, or if the, the public thinks I'm there as some agent of the police, does that upset them? Or do the police get upset because I'm there with the protesters? You know, I, I didn't know how to feel about it. Right. Um, but I went over probably around 530 um, because I had several different people imploring me to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went. And like many of the other recent protests we've had, I felt like it was good. Um, people were, and I, I use the term in my Facebook post, joyful, joyfully celebrating, and, and that was taken, I think, in the wrong way. But um, people were happy to be out there is what I meant. Right. They, were, they were exercising their voice against an injustice um, and, and they were getting a response from the people driving by. They were holding up signs and yelling, and the people driving by were honking in a manner that was supportive, not angry. I didn't hear anybody booing the crowd or telling them to leave or, you know, any of the typical stuff that we would have heard during KKK or abortion rallies back in the day, you know? Right. Um, it seemed like everyone was on the same page. Okay. Um, and, and maybe they were... They were celebrating the fact that that uh, Derek Chauvin had just been arrested a couple hours earlier. Okay. Um, you know, it, it seemed pleasant, and and no one was angry. I didn't feel any tension or or um, hatred at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, now, maybe an hour and a half into it, one voice stood out among the crowd. Most people, and I would say there were two hundred and fifty people, maybe three hundred there. Um, most people were doing their own little chants in groups. Somebody would chant something and then another group would chant something and it would carry through the crowd. But eventually one voice carried above that and started kind of organizing the chant. Um, and, and when that happened, I thought, oh, we're moving to a different type of protest now, right? Mm-hmm. So a few of my friends around me, I warned them. I said, hey, this is probably going to change soon. So we might want to think about, you know, leaving. And then around that time, it had maybe 10 minutes of organized chanting had gone by when a few people made their way into the middle of Clinton and Berry Street. And that was my signal <laughs> to, to get out of there. Um, because as, as that happened, the crowd kind of began to, to rush towards that intersection. Like uh, Kids from the, from the Maine and, and um, Clinton and ran to Berry Street to get involved. Um, and then all of a sudden you had half of the crowd in the middle of Clinton Street. Um, and I knew that that meant that the police would be soon to follow. Um, so my friends and I kind of picked up our, our stakes and, and, and left. Mm-hmm. Um, so I missed out on the turmoil that happened maybe an hour later. I, I was not there for that. Well, let me ask um, you a quick, quick question. I'm sorry, but I yeah. got to jump in. No when worries. You, when you said you feel that things were going to change soon, yeah. What did you feel? Give me that. Well, you know, I think when it was a, a peaceful, unorganized protest, people were just, like I said, happy to be out there. But I felt like when one person took over and, and started organizing chants, that then it became more about one person's objective and that the tone would change quickly mm-hmm. um, because it would go from people voicing their own thoughts to people voicing the thoughts of one individual. And 
I don't know, maybe it's experience, maybe it's being around these things in the past, but usually when a leader emerges, things take on more of a mob mentality Okay. than a lot of like-minded people standing about sharing their own thoughts. D- does that make sense? Yes. So, And I thought that... Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I, thought, I thought where we were heading was towards more of a mob mentality. And then when I saw all of the people run from Maine to, to Barrie to get involved, I knew... That's where we were at. Okay. So there wasn't one person, when you got there around 5 o'clock or so, there wasn't one person giving a speech or anything along those lines? They were just a bunch of people. No, no. Everybody was standing along Clinton Street. They were lining both sides um, over by the Hoppy Gnome on that side and in the courthouse lawn, and it was just people gathered. Okay. Um, Now, maybe before I got there, maybe the young lady who organized it had given a speech or something. Okay. But there was no one with a microphone or a bullhorn. There was no one, you know... Um, like on Saturday afternoon, they did that. They, mm-hmm. I was there, and they gathered at the courthouse, and somebody got in the middle of the crowd and talked, and it was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the feeling on Friday evening when the one guy started to kind of take over, I, I felt, and probably just from from my perspective or my experience, that 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 at that point it was going to be a different kind of protest. Okay. So. so before we go, before you go on, let me ask you this because I've talked to some people who are also going to do some shows for me. Uh-huh. Do you, you didn't have a problem with a protest and the protesters. Okay. You, no, that's, I think that's, that's part of our society, right? That's how we, that's how we grow and how we hear what, um, you know, what, what upsets people and what, what makes them seek change, I think, you know? Mm, right. Um, if people are willing to stand and hold signs and even like march on the sidewalks down either side, that's fine. Right. Um, I, I think it, it, it changes when you move into traffic, is, right. is my opinion. Okay. You know? And that was the first sign, the one individual, and then all of a sudden they're blocking traffic was a, a sign yep. for you to, hey, this is not going the way it should be going. And it's time yeah. to go. Right. Yeah. And I've been. I've been purposefully and accidentally sprayed with gas many times. <laughs> and I didn't want to be there for that. So, so you could tell that was going to be coming soon. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you left, but so you didn't see any of the spraying and the, the running and things like that. You no, saw not that. until very late night. I went back at maybe 1130 to check on my business after the news came out that, you know, people were smashing windows and, you know, and, and, causing damage, I went back downtown to make sure my business was okay. Okay, and everything um, fine there? Yeah, my business is great. Uh, there, was, there was no problems there, um, but but the, the situation downtown was not great. Okay. Um, you know. And like so. you said, you've never seen this type of behavior out of uh, Fort Wayne people before? No. Never? No. Okay. No. So when you've seen the reports and you're hearing the things that are being said, you're watching social mm-hmm. media, what's getting the highest post or reads or likes or whatever, what is your take on it from a policeman's perspective? You know, I think as a police officer, what you would want to see happen, right, mm-hmm. is there's this nice protest going on, mm-hmm. and that's fine. We're, we're, we're good with that as police officers. We have no problem. Um when, when you step into the street or when you start throwing things at cars or climbing on top of cars um, as, as that happened, or when you start breaking out windows or any of the other things that came after the initial peaceful protest, uh-huh. 
when we as police officers show up, I think what we would like to see happen is that take a step back, right? Right. Like, okay, you've, you've said your piece, you've done what you wanted to do, you're being heard, let's not fight about it, um, is I think what the police would love to see happen. You know, maybe, maybe the people with small children go home. Maybe right. the people that don't want to instigate go home. Don't be a part of what's coming next. Because I think that the people that stay have an anticipation that there will be a confrontation with the police. Right. You know, if, if you're screaming, you know, F the police in their face or, or calling them pigs or whatever, whatever it is, it's your right to do that. But you have to anticipate that once they show up and you're doing that, and when you're in the middle of Clinton Street with traffic coming, things are going to to change drastically, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and and I, I talked with it on Facebook, talked about it on Facebook with with some people who were upset that the police showed up and, and started tear gassing. And, you know, I'm like, well, it's, it's a crime to be in the middle of a road. You can't stand in the middle of the road and block traffic. It's that's illegal. It's a misdemeanor. Mm -hmm. um, so I think from the police perspective, if everyone had stayed in the courthouse lawn, the Fort Wayne Police Department would have never even come out. They were ordered not to be there. They were told to stay out of the area so as not to provoke the protesters. But once they moved into the street, they have to come. I, you know, like you can argue about this all you want, but they have to come protect public good. Right. Okay. And I think what happens when you're in the middle of the street especially a, a, a group of 300 people, the motorists become kind of nervous and scared then, right? right? Because we've all seen videos of Rodney King back in the day with people getting dragged out of their cars. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and the, so the motorists become scared when they get surrounded, and some of them panic. Mm -hmm. And when they panic, they drive over people, run into them, try to drive on the sidewalk, whatever they do to get out of the way. And when that happens, the group of protesters turns on the motor and so i know that it's a peaceful protest and people are walking down clinton street doing no harm but from the police perspective being in the street like that is opening the door to bad things right um and and that's what they are trying to prevent well let me ask you because one person said to me that if the police had snatched the one two three who started to get into the street right away that would have put a stop to four, five, and six wanting to get in the street. Do you think that's true? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. They had the 10-point coalition out there, mm -hmm. and the 10-point coalition did do that. They did get a hold of those people and get them back onto the sidewalk initially. Um, but I believe, and I, I may be speaking out of turn here, but I believe some of those people in the 10-point coalition group then got hurt by, by some of the group. And the group took to the street. Okay. Um, so do you think if the police in uniform, squad cars, lights would have came and grabbed, like I said, uh, uh, problem child one, two, and three, and then problem child four and five wouldn't have wanted to get out in the street if they saw what happened? May, maybe, but it happened so quickly. Yeah. I don't know. Unless the cops were standing there at the time. Right. I don't know how they would have gotten them because, you know, you have – a group of say six to 10 people move into the street mm -hmm. and within 30 seconds you have 200 people in the street, you right, know? Right. So those six people that initiated it were surrounded. You would, if the cops showed up two minutes later, 
they would never know who it was that started it in the first place. Exactly. I'm just I'm just trying now, to answer a few questions that came in. But go sure. Ahead. Go ahead. The, the argument was made if they knew this protest was going to happen, why didn't they block traffic at Fourth Street? Right. So that so that nobody could come down Clinton. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's my understanding that the protest was to be in the courthouse lawn. It wasn't approved as a march. Nobody got a permit to march to the Martin Luther King Bridge. Right. And so that was unplanned and unsanctioned. So they didn't plan for that. Mm-hmm. The initial plan was stay out of the way, stay unseen, let the protesters protest. And if nothing gets out of hand, we won't be there. Right. That's the police perspective. Okay. Okay. So. All right. Now, we're talking about these things unfolding. We're talking about what happened. I'm going to ask you as a policeman, and you saw the incident there in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. What went through your mind? Oh, boy. I, I've had a lot of thoughts since then. I think my initial reaction to, to seeing that video um, especially the full 10 minute video was just, I, I, I couldn't reason why they did what they did. Mm-hmm. I, I understand he, he was probably highly intoxicated watching the video of him walking to the police car. Right. Um, I understand that he might've been unruly, but he was handcuffed and he'd been handcuffed for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And there were four of them. And I, I just couldn't quite grasp why four men against one drunk handcuffed man couldn't restrain him in a better way. Mm-hmm. For three of them to set on him for an extended period of time made very little sense to me because I didn't see him. There, there, were, there was no video of him threatening them like, with physical harm or threatening citizens with physical harm. Right. You know, I, I guess I just, I didn't understand. And I, I probably still don't. Um, I, I do understand that sometimes in those situations, things get tense and you, you don't quite think things through clearly, but after all the people showed up and were yelling at them mm-hmm. and he was, I mean, well, first of all, he was yelling, but when he stopped yelling, and the one young man in the video is pleading with them, like, let him up. He's no longer breathing. He's no longer moving. Do something. Mm-hmm. Not a single one of them did something. Uh, the one guy that was actually not the guy standing there taunted them and said, this is why you don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. I, I, that, to me, it, it, it was inhumane. It was cruel. Um, and and it, I cannot for any reason come up with an, an excuse for that. You know, even as a, as a 20 year veteran, when you want to, you want to try to rationalize what, what people in your profession have done that one, I, I can't see it because they had nine minutes. Yeah. They, at, at any point when it calmed down, when he was calm, they could have stopped what they were doing or they could have moved off of him and held him with a hand or set him up or, stood him against their car if they were waiting for a paddy wagon i you know i don't know right. a lot of other things could have happened but they just sat on him for all that time and i can't rationalize that right so yeah as a as a police officer things like that kind of it goes right in your mind to say well they're making a lot of good cops look bad is the first thing yeah, you usually and, think and and you know i 
here's the, the crazy thing about the situation. They, the word racism keeps coming up, right? Mm -hmm, right. The guy that, that was sitting on his neck was a white guy. I, I don't even, I, I don't even know if it was racist intentional. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think he thought, oh, I'm going to sit on this black guy and kill him. Mm -hmm. I think he thought he was doing what was best at the time. But for a long time, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's too, if you're restraining the guy because he's being unruly and there's a new video that surfaced where it shows him fighting him like in the car. Um, that, okay. So he's fighting, but he's handcuffed. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't get it. I mean, I've been kicked in the face before I've been, you know, punched, spit on that sucks. Yeah. It's awful. Right. But to just sit on a dude until he dies, I just, I don't know. Hmm. I, I, I hear you. Now, I'm going to ask you this question here, and if, if you have no answer, I clearly understand, but it's been asked of me. Okay. Mm -hmm. When people say this has been going on before this Floyd guy, these types yeah. of things between police and people of color has been going on, what is your, your take on that? How do you feel about that? It's true. You know, I mean, it's been going on since uh, the '60s, right? When in, in the civil rights movement, mm -hmm. um, it, it, I can't. I know about it. I know about history. I can't empathize with it because I've never had to live that, right? I've never right. had somebody treat me that way. Mm -hmm. But I understand, and and I've I've worked on the side that causes that feeling in the community and it yeah i mean it's been going on for a while and and you can you know you can look back and you can i don't know if, if we look back all the way back to rodney king mm -hmm. and you can say he was high and he fought with him for quite a long time and you know they they had to subdue him and whatever and whatever right but but there was a lot more there, right? There was a lot more subduing that went on yeah. than maybe was necessary. Right. And so, yes, it's the black community has been dealing with this for a long, a very long time. And, and mm -hmm. the hope is that, that someday both sides realize that we all want the same thing and that we're all the same. I, I made a post earlier today that you may or may not have seen that basically laid this out but it was that you know the cops are afraid they're going to die they're right. trained that anybody at any time could kill you right mm -hmm. and and that gets in your head they're not it's not being scared necessarily but in the back of your mind you're like yeah this guy could have a knife or this guy could have a gun and or this woman or this kid as it is you know and you start to to put that in the back of your mind that I always have to be on alert and I always have to be ready all the time. Right. And, and I think that's where the tension is because on the, on the, the, the speaking from like the perspective of the black community, they kind of feel the same way that anytime I interact with a cop, this guy might hurt me. He might take away my freedom for no reason. And he might kill me. Mm -hmm. It's the same fear on both sides. Right. 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 They're looking at each other, thinking the same thing, and they're missing that they're they're all part of the same community. The cops here in Fort Wayne are are people that live in Fort Wayne. 
they're not coming in from out of town. They are residents of Fort Wayne and, and, or Allen County as it is, you know? Right. Um, and they go to the same stores and they, they, their kids go to the same schools and they know the parents. It's, it's a community, you know, mm-hmm. a, a big community. And it, it, it hurts my heart that both sides look at each other thinking that they might kill each other. Yeah. That you're only here to hurt me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. The help has gone from the time you came on as a police officer to now. Have you sensed a change in the uh, respect level of police? I don't know. You know, as a kid, I was kind of a punk. <laughs> and I, I didn't have a lot of respect for police when I was, when I was young. Um, and I, I grew into it, right? Okay. <laughs> um, so it's hard for me to answer that because, no, growing up, I thought a lot of the same things these kids out here holding up their signs thought because I was a skateboarder and the cops were always chasing us and trying to, you know, so I, I had that feeling mm-hmm. now. I, I think that becoming a cop has become more difficult due to social media and, you know, anything they do is immediately scrutinized and right. spread everywhere instantly. So, when I first came on, when you first started, uh, you know, if, if things got a little out of hand, that stayed within a group of, you know, 20 people in the community that heard about it at the barbershop or, or in the jail or wherever they, they talked about it. Now, if something happens here in Fort Wayne, everybody in the entire country knows about it because it goes viral, right? Right. If, if a cop oversteps his bounds and that that makes it hard. And I think that amped up the level of disrespect because then when you see these incidents that happen every so often, it's always in people's minds. It's always on the news, always on YouTube, always on Facebook, Twitter, wherever it is, it never leaves the conscience like it used to. Right. Right. Now it's always on point. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's where the added like when, when you say respect, the added disrespect comes from that is that it's always on everybody's mind because right. it never disappears now. Right. So hmm. I, I don't know if people are less respectful in general, but I think social media and the ability to film a cop doing something wrong now <laughs> really changed the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Okay. I'm going to ask you this. Yep. And kind of in closing here, kind of wrap it up. Okay. What do you think the... I don't want to say protesters, because like you said, the protesters were doing what they wanted to do. They were doing and voicing their opinion, doing a good job. What do you think could be done better as a group who were protesting? Uh, What do they need to do better so this doesn't happen again? You know, they need to to understand that that they're out there for a purpose, right? Mm Mm-hmm. They're out there, in this instance, protesting the unjust death of another human being, a black man. And that needs to be the focus. Mm -hmm. When the focus becomes the police officers that show up to control the crowd, you've lost your message, first of all. Second of all, you create undue burden on a movement that's trying to change this tension, right? They want the tension to change. And 
And I, I would like to ask some of the people that I know what their end game is. Like, what, should we disband police entirely? Is that is that the solution? Where there's no more police because that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> that would be complete chaos. <laughs> um, so, I I think if they understood that once the police get there, mm -hmm. they need to they need to step it back a little bit, right? The police need to to give them space. The police need to be like, hey, you can yell and scream and throw a fit at us. Don't throw things at us. Don't throw a brick at my head. Don't throw water bottles or spit on me. But you can yell and scream and hold your sign up, whatever you want to do. And the protesters need to understand that, right? Like, as much as the cops need to understand that the protesters have the right to scream and yell. Right. right. It's, it's, it's a two-way street. And it only, no, the only way the cops can not cause a problem is to not be there. And the only way the cops are not going to be there is if people stand peacefully on the courthouse lawn and have their protest. Right. Once they begin moving around town without permission in a group of 300, that's scary to people that aren't part of it. And the cops have to come and shut it down. Right. There's a lot of talk about there were no warnings before gas. I don't know. I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard later in the night when I was there that they did have bullhorns and, and they were, they were warning people that they were going to be gassed. So I don't know what happened initially. Right. Um, but you know, if, if each side would take two steps back, I think that those situations, those protests could happen in a much more amiable, amicable manner hmm. okay. than, than we have this weekend. Right. Okay, so give me something that, if you don't know, you don't know, that's fine. Something that you think the police could have done better to, you kind of said it, to make sure something like this doesn't happen again. Um, yeah, uh, the police could probably, when they show up, I don't know, because it, it depends on who you talk to from this weekend. <laughs> you know, the chief said that they did give warnings. Right, right. The chief said they gave them like 45 minutes to, to kind of clear out. And then when they don't clear out, I, I don't know what mm -hmm. people expect is going to happen. Right. Well, I, I, it, that's a hard one to answer. Right. Um, so let me let me change it a little bit. You said yeah. Saturday was better. Was it Saturday when you went down there? And yeah. Was, okay. What yeah, did they Saturday do different was, Saturday? How did it get better? I don't think the police did a lot different. I think the protesters didn't start breaking out windows and getting unruly. The protesters were getting tear gassed the way they, the day they had before they were running everywhere. They were not in the area they were supposed to be in, mm -hmm. but they weren't breaking things anymore. That's how it was better. Okay. Um, I, I also think maybe the reason we didn't see a lot of the breakage is because the police really locked down the center of downtown on Saturday night. They pushed everybody out to outer, um, like over towards like Clay Street. Okay. Um, and they pushed them up towards Fourth Street and and along the Greenway. And so I think that's why we didn't see some of the destruction, just because they did a much better job of locking downtown. There you go. So um, they did do. So. They did learn something, right? They learned something, and then and then also Saturday they blocked traffic. There you go. Yeah, you know, they yeah. went to Fourth Street. They shut down Fourth Street. They started shutting down the side streets at like Wayne and and Barry, and so that gave the protesters a little more room to move about. Well, good. But I think when they were asked to to disperse, they didn't disperse, and 
that's what the protesters need to learn. You know, (laughs) when when somebody says it's time to go, it might be time to go. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. We're all learning something along the way. uh, Right. And uh, hopefully we're all getting better. And I hope there is a conversation one day between whoever's leading the protest or wanting to protest and the police before something happens. Um, I hope so. Yeah, this has been in Fort Wayne a long time, and this is new to me, and I could just barely stomach watching it on the news. That that was hard for me to watch. Um, yeah, it was hard to be down there and watch it. Yeah. Now, yes, yeah, know. we you we've known each other for a long time. You retired. You've been gone for three years. There's a, a rumor. Yeah. There was a rumor that uh, you were running for mayor. Is that true? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's on the agenda. Oh, really? Yeah. So that is true. Yeah, for, okay. <laughs> for 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 twenty four. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, you know. Okay. I'm a big advocate of of what we've talked about today in mm-hmm. this 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 unity that needs to happen. And, and I think the only way I can see making it happen is to sit in that seat and, and mm-hmm. get both sides together and, and work on a way to, to make it happen. For so for a better Fort Wayne, is that what you're going for? Uh, well, a better Fort Wayne. And you know, the, the real hope is that that change, if you change it here, that change is seen and it changes elsewhere. There you go. And eventually it's a better country, not, just a better Fort Wayne. Right, right. So do Because you, we all learn from each other. There you go. Do you have a slogan or something? What are you going to say? Oh, not yet. We're, we're, we're way early. I, it's, a, it's like, I think, a year and a half away before I even start campaigning. Oh, so. boy. Well, this is the start of it right now. We, we, we're oh, hearing geez. it first now. No. Anything I have said today has nothing to do with that. This was not a promotion of that. This no. is just my personal feelings about a situation. I hear you. I'm, so. just, I'm just messing with you. Now, You've been retired for three years. You said you were yep. checking on your business. What business are uh-huh. you talking about? Um, I have a tattoo shop downtown called the Gypsy Vault. The, the, the Gypsy so I, the Gypsy what? Vault. Okay, Gypsy Vault. Like, like a vault door. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so I, I started that in 2013 mm-hmm. while I was still with the police department. And, and back when I worked undercover, I, I started tattooing and learned how to tattoo way back then. I've been minute. doing it the whole time. You learned how to tattoo while you were undercover. Yep. Somebody taught you. Yes. To... Yes, indeed. <laughs> Wait yep. a minute. Did they know you were a cop that they were teaching? They did. They did. Yeah. Oh, I'll be darned. Yeah. I started getting tattooed by him um, to be better at being undercover because I didn't have tattoos. And somebody pointed out that I couldn't fit in with the the group of people I was working because they were all tattooed and I wasn't. And wanting to being eager and wanting to do the best job possible, I went and started getting some tattoos, Wait taking my own drawings in. Okay. And the guy that was tattooing me said, "Man, you could learn to tattoo." And so a couple years later, he started teaching me. And the plan was to use it to be better even yet at undercover and work cases on you know people in the tattoo shop. But then I love tattooing <laughs> so much, I quickly separated the two lives and made them completely non. Um, you know, cohesive. Right, right. And uh, and and then yeah, eventually, it turned into a business and became my retirement plan. Wow, I'll be darned. So, yeah. do you have like a website and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Uh, gypsyvault.com. Um, Gypsy Vault on uh, Facebook, and then at Freddie Ray on Instagram. Wow. So you've yeah. been doing it. Could you draw before this? You just happen to have the uh, knack oh, of yeah, drawing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, did I've not been know doing that. art my whole life. Yeah, the big mural, the thing that's up in the PBA hall, I did that. And 
I did not know that. Yeah, painted a skateboard for Rusty York one time. (laughs) 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 I've been I've been doing all kinds of stuff over the years. It just finally came together, you know. So I'm have to come to you to get my cross on my arm. I always wanted a cross on my arm. Uh, I'd be honored. There, <laughs> there you go. Well, Fred, I, I really, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. And like I said, we go way back. I remember you back in the day and, uh, yeah. I've seen you downtown walking around and I, I just thought, yeah. you know, am I supposed to give you a dollar or two? I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think people often think that when they see me, they're like, is this a homeless guy? What's yeah. he doing? I didn't want to say it, but now that I know you actually do something, but no, I, I uh, <laughs> go ahead. Well, I walk. Because I live downtown, I walk to my office, so I'm constantly walking around downtown, and people just see me sometimes carrying a plastic bag or yeah, something. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> what know? I saw you. I felt bad yeah. for you. <laughs> well, I'm doing fine, Cleveland, <laughs> but I appreciate the thought. I'm so happy now I can, you know, in that collection plate I was going passing around. <laughs> well, Fred, I do. I appreciate you spending the time. And like I said, I saw yeah, your sure. post on uh, Facebook and I wanted to reach out to you. And I'm glad you responded so quickly. Right and, on. Uh, and well, I appreciate you. And hearing, hearing your, hearing your uh, part, your feeling and what you're seeing is really good from your perspective is really good. And uh, right hey, on. good luck with the, the tattoo stuff and running for mayor. When is it? 2024? Is that what I'm hearing? Yep. Yep. So I think a campaign will probably start towards late 21, early 22, probably. Oh, okay. All right. We'll so, be looking for that. Are yeah. you going to give out okay. like tattoos to people <laughs> when they I vote that, for you? That, that might be illegal, right? I, oh, yeah. They, okay. I'm sorry. Hey, don't, stuff. Listen, yeah. don't listen to me. I know nothing about all that. Okay. Fred Ray, I do appreciate it. And thank you, you and bet. enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Thanks, Take care. Steve, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. <laughs>